This is the Athletic Football Show. What's up and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We are approaching Wild Card Weekend and that is exactly what we are going to get into on this episode. Get into it from a gambling perspective. Our favorite plays against the spread for the Wild Card Round. I am Michael Beller. I am joined, of course, by Vic Tafer. Vic, this is our first show together since turning the calendar from 2020 over to 2021. So let me wish you a uh, Happy New Year here on January 7th. How you doing? Doing good, man. Back at you. Yeah, we. Uh, I guess we survived the regular season. Now we'll try and uh, and thrive in the playoffs. There we go. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what we're going to try to do here over the next couple of weeks. Vic and I will be coming at you every week leading into a weekend where there are games. So we will also take that week off in between the championship round and the Super Bowl. But we still have four episodes of this coming at you all starting right here, right now. First, uh, since the playoffs haven't yet started, I thought it would be fun, Vic, if we did some preseason or some full playoff long predictions looking at what we think the AFC championship NFC championship Super Bowl are going to be and then using that to determine if there are any futures that we might want to uh, put a little bit of money on before the playoffs kick off on Saturday so first let's do that give me uh, what you have happening in those championship rounds and the Super Bowl well, I kind of want to go with the Chiefs. Uh, the odds are not very good. They're only, what, uh, plus 200. And I think they have mm-hmm. uh, haven't been really themselves of late. But they haven't covered, I think, in seven straight weeks. They're winning all these close games. Kind of uh, obviously confident they have enough to get by. But uh, it's not probably a good strategy going into the playoffs where you want to be hitting on all cylinders. So uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, some value instead. Probably go with the Bills. Uh, they're plus 700 in the AFC. Uh, I'm going to just go for uh, go crazy and uh, go with the Rams. I think they're plus 300 and in the NFC. So that is, so you've got, so those are your futures plays. Those are the plays you'd be interested in the futures. The Rams are plus 1,200 to win the NFC, and then they're plus 3,000 for the Super Bowl. Um, there's some other teams you could get into even deeper than that, but I don't know if any of us really want to jump on, you know, the Bears or the Washington footballs to go on and win the uh, win the Super Bowl. Uh, but that's it. So you like the uh, you like the Bills. You like the um, the Rams as potential future plays. Does that mean that you have the Bills at least being in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl for that matter? Yeah, for sure. I think I'm gonna pick the Bills to beat the Chiefs in the AFC title game and, and advance the Super Bowl. I think, um, I guess, the Chiefs. I think are clearly the the, the higher ceiling team, but uh, for some reason mm-hmm. they haven't really been putting it all together. So I think the Bills are kind of hot. I think Josh Allen uh, didn't look that bad in the first matchup against the Chiefs. I think he had some issues, but you can see you are you may have success against him in a rematch. So yeah, I'm going with the Bills to beat the Chiefs in the uh, AFC title game. Hopefully, uh, Josh Allen doesn't have any flashbacks to last playoffs with uh, one of the most bizarre laterals any of us has ever seen in a football game. Uh, that game that seemed like the Bills had in hand last year against Houston, and then the Texans make that big comeback. We could have seen these two teams uh, against one another in the playoffs last year. We might be seeing it this year. Um, I'm with you, and that being the AFC Championship game, I think the AFC is going to be a really fun tournament. I do think that the one and two seeds ultimately survive and make it to the AFC Championship game. I think that Ravens could make things interesting. I think the Titans, in fact, could make things interesting. Whoever wins that game could be a little bit of a stumbling block for the Chiefs or the Bills, uh, for that matter. In the second round, I think more likely they'll be going up against the Chiefs. But 
either way, I do think that those teams are going to be dangerous. But ultimately, I think it's Chiefs and Bills, and I'm going to be super boring and chalky. I'm going to have the Chiefs coming out of the AFC and the Packers coming out of the NFC where they triumph over the Saints in the NFC Championship game. So while I think these first couple of rounds could have an upset here, an upset there, I've got the ones and twos in both conferences advancing to the championship games and the top seed Packers and Chiefs facing one another in the Super Bowl. What do you have coming out of the NFC? Well, I understand that the Packers make a lot of sense. They're playing at home. They've been hot. But Aaron Rodgers is going to win MVP awards. So um, I definitely should probably be conservative and go with the Packers to go uh, to Super Bowl game. So I guess I'll do that. But I do think, uh, just from a wild, you know, upset kind of perspective, I do think the Rams have a chance. The Rams have a great defense. I think uh, we'll know. We'll see what happens with Jared Goff here. But I think if they can survive this first game, get Goff back, they'll have enough offensively with their running game to uh, surprise some teams. You know, the one, the, the problem with that, though, is that for them to play in the championship game with the Rams being the sixth seed, you would need the Bears to upset the Saints. So then it would be Bears, Packers in the second round, Rams, and uh, uh, whoever would, I guess, whoever would come out of the 4-5 game would be the uh, the other matchup if that all fell. But I understand what you're saying. Just the so otherwise, otherwise, the Rams play the Packers in round two? The Rams would play the Packers, and the, if the Saints beat the Bears, which they're going to, the Rams play the Packers. That's the mess my my, uh, my 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 big uh, upset pick. Uh, so the Rams beat the Packers round two, and they go on Super Bowl. So that's great. I'm glad we figured that out. Ooh, so Rams all the way to the Super Bowl. There's no way the Bears beat the pa- beat the uh, the Saints. I think the Bears <laughs> the Bears are to me. I like I like the Bears defense. I'm a big Khalil Mack guy, but they're clearly a fraud team. They've got by with some uh, teams against bad teams to get through this to get this far. Last week was a big game. Their defense didn't really do anything against the Packers and. I think Trubisky's kind of a fraud still, so I, I can't imagine how the Bears beat the Saints this weekend. I am right there with you, and we are going to be in strong agreement when we get to that game for Wild Card Weekend. Uh, but looking at some futures, so like I, I think you're right. I don't think there's any there's not enough value in any of the chalk picks to really want to back them in terms of tying up some money in futures bets. So I understand not wanting to do that. Buffalo to win the AFC, as you said, that's one I like also. Plus three fifty is the line on that one. I think Baltimore is going to be really dangerous with the way that they can get going. I think that you know they've got a very tough matchup right out of the gate against Tennessee. But if they get past that game, I think they could present Kansas City and Buffalo with some issues. Plus 1,200 to win the AFC are the Ravens. And with the way they've been clicking over the last five weeks, I think they are a nice long shot sort of play uh, just to win their conference. That's not even to win the whole thing, just to win their conference. You're getting 12 to 1 on your money. I like Tampa Bay also as a little bit of a long shot, plus 400, not quite a long shot uh, fully, but plus 400 to win the NFC. I really don't think they're going to have too much trouble with Washington. We'll talk about that game in a second. And then we've already seen them dominate Green Bay. That was way back in October. These are two different teams from then, but Tampa Bay was also figuring things out, excuse me, figuring out things on the offensive side of the ball. So we know that they can make life tough on Aaron Rodgers. We've already seen it. And if they win that game, and it could set up another matchup with the Saints. So I think that they are a potentially dangerous team. I wish the odds were a little longer because it's going to be hard to go to Green Bay, win, go to uh, New Orleans, and win. Those are two tough games, only plus 400. But they are a team that feels like they could be dangerous to me. We've seen them play some of their best football of late. So those are some other ones uh, that I'm looking at. Any uh, any feelings on uh, those teams making deeper runs, Baltimore or Tampa? Uh, I don't think I see a logic with Tampa, but um... – yeah, they, they scare me. They've had some, you know, some moments this year where you kind of wonder what was going on. I think their secondary still a question mark. The running game still a question mark. So I can't get too comfortable with the Bucks going very far. And then as far as the Ravens, 
Uh, yeah, they've taken care of business, but they've beaten some really bad teams. So I'm not sure they've really proven to me they're, they're back to where they should be. So um, I think I agree. This weekend's game against the Titans is a fascinating game because the Titans have clearly shown they don't have any fear of the Ravens. They beat them last year in the playoffs and again this year. And But the problem is their defense is so bad. So I can't really yes. back the Titans <laughs> this week either. So I think, um, yeah, I think those teams will definitely uh, be interesting to watch, but I can't see them going too far in, in the playoffs. The Titans are a team that I, I want to like them. I really want to like the Titans uh, as someone to come out of the AFC. But at plus 1,300, I mean, the price feels nice, but I, I that defense is going to catch up with them. It might not catch up with them against Baltimore, but it's going to catch up with them eventually. It just It's hard to imagine them with their defense getting through Baltimore and Kansas City and Buffalo. It feels like at one point along the line, they're going to get tripped up. And maybe they lose a game 38-35. Maybe their offense is excellent in that game as it has been for most of the season. But I think that defense ultimately is going to prevent the Titans from getting into the Super Bowl. We do like some futures, though, Vic. All over those Rams. We're going to get to that Rams-Seahawks uh, Rams game uh, just a little bit later. Uh, you also liking the Bills. Me too. I am liking the Bills as a futures bet. And this is just some of the fun we are going to be bringing you over the next month, taking a look at teams that could be making some damage over this next month in the NFL playoffs. All right, so let's get to those uh, plays for this week. Let's get to wildcard weekend here, Vic. Uh, we've got three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. NFL cannot get enough of teasing this first ever back-to-back -back playoff triple header. They are absolutely loving that. Can't turn on really any sports program and not see some sort of advertisement telling you all about these great triple headers that we have coming our way with the change, adding the seventh playoff team in both conferences. The playoffs start on a Saturday with Bills and Colts. As always, these lines coming to us from the consensus at Vegas Insider. Bills are six and a half point favorites in this game at home against the Colts. 51 and a half is the over-under. We're going to do things a little bit differently than we typically did in the regular season. Instead of just giving you our five favorite plays, we're going to talk about every game. We're going to talk about if we lean, but then we will also let you know if we would actually play the game. We're going to have leans for every game, but will we play them or will we pass them? We'll talk about that here too. So Vic, Bills minus six and a half. What's your lean and would you play it? Well, I think both of us, are, I'm guessing, are going to lean against the Colts. I think we both don't like the Colts mm -hmm. very much. I think if the, for me, this game all comes down to who gets out to, to a lead first. I think the Colts are going to have trouble coming back from a deficit against the Bills uh, defense. So I'm leaning towards the Bills. Uh, the, the, the spread's a little... I mean, it's a little tempting, a little dicey, a little, a little scary. I think the Colts can probably do a backdoor cover or if not keep it somewhat close. But I'll probably lean towards taking the Bills as well, minus the six and a half. Yeah, I'm with you on the Bills. Uh, I do like them. That's definitely a lean for me. I just, uh, you know, obviously they are, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find too many people who think that the Colts are the better team in this one. The Colts definitely can uh, do what they need to do to keep this close, I think. But as you said, if this is a game where the Bills get out to, any sort of lead. If this is ever a two-score game, it's hard to imagine the Colts fighting their way back against this Bills team. And, uh, you know, we just saw a few weeks ago the Colts lose a big lead to a playoff-caliber team in the Steelers, a game that it seemed like they had well in hand, and the Steelers were able to chip away, chip away, chip away, and ultimately come back and take that one. The Colts don't really have that sort of firepower, so they need to be playing from ahead or playing at least within a one-score window the entire game, it feels like, if they're really going to have a chance 
And I just don't fully buy that happening. I think the Bills have clearly turned a corner. They have put themselves in a different group. I think they have put themselves in that Chiefs-Packers-Saints group that is looking down on the rest of the playoff field. So not only are the Bills a lean for me, but this is one where I will have a play, especially if it stays under a touchdown, really like the Bills uh, being able to cover the six-and-a-half-point number. So mark me down as a lean toward the Bills and as someone who would play the Bills and play them with confidence on Saturday. Second game on the board, Seahawks minus three-and-a-half against the Rams, 42-and-a-half is the over-under. This is one where I lean the Seahawks, but I am not touching it at all. I've got a feeling you're thinking differently. Yeah, I'm with the Rams. I think uh, I think the Adams injury is a big for the Seahawks. I'm not sure he's playing this week, but uh, obviously probably won't be 100%. I think um, over the years, I think um, you know McVay's done well in this matchup. I think they had problems last game, but uh, Jerry Goff was terrible that game. So I'm not sure if he's playing or if, it's, if not. But I think their defense is really, really good. I think they have shown they have the answers against Seattle. I think uh, I saw one stat um, where DK Metcalf is 46 total routes against Jalen Ramsey. Has three catches for 28 yards. So they're able to take away the biggest weapon from the Seahawks, which I think uh, is always a great sign. So I like the Rams to win outright and uh, march on to my, my dream of a Super Bowl appearance. <laughs> uh, John Wolfer could be getting the start for the Rams. No concerns there if it's him in place of Jared Goff. Yeah, but again, Goff wasn't very good last time. So, I mean, I, maybe Wolf would do even better. But I think, uh, to me, I like their running game, their potential. It hasn't really always clicked, but the, you can see mm-hmm. if they have the potential to get it going with that run game and strong defense, the combination could be key in, in the postseason. Yeah, we, uh, we, you know, we weren't really sure in Week 17 what to expect out of Cam Akers. And it's almost hard to remember. Uh, it feels like Week 17 was, you know, three years ago. But the Rams needed that game. You know, the Rams were in a position where if they lose – and the Bears beat the Packers, that the Rams would have been out of the playoffs. Uh, so they went into that game thinking that they needed to win to get in, and we weren't exactly sure where Cam Akers was with his health, with his ankle, and suddenly he was out there carrying the ball like a workhorse. So got to feel very good about him coming into this game, and they were finally starting to not fully make him the lead, the lone guy in the back, but they were making him the lead guy and clearly has a higher ceiling than Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown. And that adds a different element to the offense. And we saw John Wolford being able to be someone who can use his athleticism, get outside the pocket, threaten teams with the run. I don't think that that's enough to think he's a better play for this team than Jared Goff. But your point, I think, is well taken here, that they can still survive a day, oh, a week without Jared Goff. It's not like Jared Goff blew the doors off of the Seahawks in either of the meetings between these two teams this season. So they could definitely still win this one if it is indeed John Wolf. I think you want Jared Goff if they're going to make that Super Bowl run for you. But one game with this sort of matchup, with the way Seattle has been playing and with Jalen Ramsey being someone who can't take DK Metcalf away or go as far toward taking DK Metcalf away as anyone can, then this could definitely be a game where the Rams feel okay about Wolford and definitely would rather have a 100% Wolford than an 80%. Jared Goff. Uh, nightcap on Saturday is between Tampa and Washington. The Buccaneers are in D.C., but as eight and a half point favorites against the NFC East seven and nine Washington football team. Forty five is the over under on this one. Uh, I'm going to take it first here, Vic. I love the Bucks in this one. I lean the Bucks, and I probably will end up betting the Bucks. Also, I also think the under is the play here. Um, everyone loves Washington's defense, and with good reason. Uh, they have built a very strong defensive core around those first-round defensive linemen. Chase Young already looking like a superstar in his rookie year, and that's the sort of team we know that can give Tom Brady trouble. But 
It's not like Tampa's defense is very bad either, and Washington's offense has just had nothing. And Alex Smith is an unbelievable story. This Washington team winning the division, I don't care that they were 7-9. It's a great story. But this is still an offense that shouldn't really bother anyone. And you've got Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin coming into this game at less than 100%. Even if they both are able to go, they're not going to be as healthy as they were even just back in Week 14. And so now you're looking at an already limited offense playing with its two true playmakers at less than 100% against a very good defense and an offense in Tampa that really did seem to finally fit that puzzle fully together as we got into the final quarter of the regular season. So I think Washington is a great story. I think that there is a scenario you can build in your head where the defensive line creates so much havoc with just its front four on Brady. They force him into a couple of bad decisions. They get they make him uncomfortable all day. They live in the backfield. They get maybe a sack fumble, something like that, and this game stays close. But it has to check every single box. There is no margin for error for Washington, not only to win, I think, but even to stay within the eight and a half. And as great of a story as this is and as legitimately great of a defense as this is, I just don't see it happening. So I'm confidently behind the Bucks at eight and a half. Where are you on this one? Yeah, that scenario you said you can build. I built it. I built it with a sun deck and the whole deal. I'm fired up for the <laughs> scenario where the, the Washingtons keep it close. I think that that defensive line is is really good and better than I thought it was. I've watched them more late than I have beginning of the year. But uh, I'm buying Chase Young. Chase Young said he wants a piece of, of Tom Brady. I love the enthusiasm. I think they can cause some problems. And I'm not a big fan of the Bucks secondary. I think that's an issue for them. I think the uh, Washington receivers can get open and probably keep it close. I also think Devin White's a big injury, a big guy. I mean, uh, out mm-hmm. COVID for the uh, for the Bucks, that's a big deal. So, I like the the uh, Washingtons keep it close. I think it's a, it's a good number. And also, I saw that uh, Ron Rivera had some success against Byron Arians in the playoffs five years ago. The Panthers were seven, eight, and one. Arizona yep. was eleven and five, and, and Rivera won that game. So, I like the matchup there also. So, uh, I'm taking the uh, leading towards the Washingtons, taking the Washingtons, and lo- loving the Washingtons. Uh, didn't John Skelton have to start that game for Arizona? Wasn't it something like that? I mean, there's, I de- was- there's details we can talk about. I'm going to take the, the key <laughs> point, the key headline, and run, run with it. But, uh, yeah, I just, again, I'm, I'm, I'm all about Chase Young and, and, uh, and Bravado, and uh, I love the, uh, the bulletin board material he gave and didn't, didn't really care. All right, so uh, so you like Washington to stay within the 8.5. Do you think there's an upset brewing here, and is that something you would play? Would you play the 8.5 on Washington? I'm playing the 8.5. I mean, I can't I can't really buy the upset because, I mean, uh, like you mentioned, their offense is definitely still uh, struggling. Alex Smith, uh, I'm, it's been a great story, but I don't have enough confidence in Alex Smith, who's clearly not 100% to uh, get enough points to beat them outright. So I'd, I'd take the points and be happy with the cover and not be uh, too hard bent on the outright win. All right, so we're against each other in two of the three games on Saturday. We're both on Buffalo. You're on the Rams. I'm on the Seahawks, although it's one I wouldn't bet. You are on Washington, and I am on the Buccaneers, and that is one that we would both play our sides with confidence. Okay, Vic, let's move it on over to Sunday. Three more games, the first of which I think is the game of the weekend. Ravens and Titans. The Ravens are actually three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one in Tennessee, 55 is the over-under. This is another one where we are going to be against each other. You like the Ravens. I like the Titans. Why do you like the Ravens? I, I circle the Titans when I first saw the number. I like the, you know, we mentioned the past matchups, and I like their offense a lot, but I just can't get over their defense. Their defense is so bad, and I think, um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much the Ravens have really shown they're all the way back, but they're at least somewhat back. They definitely have some confidence now. Lamar Jackson in the running game again with Dobbins, so I think they outscored the, uh, the Titans and, and they cover the spread. 
You know, my favorite play in this game actually is the over. If the, assuming the total stays somewhere in that 55 range, I think this game soars past it. Uh, you know, Tennessee has played in a lot of over games this season, and I really don't see that changing because of how good and efficient their offense is and how bad that defense is. And uh, like I said earlier, I do think that this defense is going to catch up to them. It could happen as soon as Sunday against Baltimore. It could happen in the next week, whether they play Buffalo or Kansas City, assuming Buffalo takes care of business against Indy. They could survive that game, and they could catch up to them in the AFC Championship game against you know, Kansas City or Buffalo, whoever might be there. That defense is ultimately going to hamstring the Titans to the extent that they don't make it to the Super Bowl. But that offense is so good, week in and week out. They know what they want to do. Ryan Tannehill has just been this uber-efficient guy since taking over as the starter in Tennessee. Derrick Henry, almost impossible to slow down, especially in a game that is within a one-score window. And then A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and what they do on the outside for this team. A.J. Brown, a true alpha receiver uh, who can swing a game on his own with one big play. I just think that it's very hard to trust a team like Baltimore that has flaws of its own to go on the road and win this game by more than a field goal, and that's what the number asks you to do. So I do like the Titans in this one. I think the Titans win this game. It is my least confident pick of the week because of what I said. I think how dangerous these two teams are. This is the game of the week. So it's not a for sure no. It's not a for sure yes. I will definitely have some picks tweeted out uh, on Saturday and Sunday, um, but I love the over in this game. I really don't see uh, either defense being able to slow down the offense. I think we get some sort of 38-35 thriller, 41-35 thriller, and just the offenses are able to move the ball almost at will. And that's why I like the Titans. That's why I really think the Ravens' defense is going to have to show up in a way where they're able to keep Tennessee south of 30. And they can do it. I just, I really want to bet on this. You know, we're going on more than a year now of this Titans offense being this offense and being able to do this week in and week out. And I think they're able to continue it here um, this week. So, I mean, game of the week, right? I mean, is there any other game you think that compares to how fun this one's going to be? No, it's definitely the big time matchup of the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be just, uh, I think, a great game and also have that flavor of the that we know whoever wins this game might be pulling an upset in the divisional round and playing more than just these couple of games. Uh, the middle game of the day on Sunday, I don't think we're going to say that about both of these teams. New Orleans and the Bears. The Saints are 9.5-point favorites at home against the uh, very undeserving playoff team, Chicago Bears, 8-8, eight and eight, backing in after getting embarrassed at home by the Packers, which you know, actually I feel almost like embarrassed isn't the right word because you know, the Bears are who they are. It's hard to be embarrassed when you're just a mediocre team going up against a Super Bowl favorite. Like, should we have expected the Bears to really play with the Packers in Week 17? Of course not. The Bears are an 8-8 eight and eight team. They're as 8-8 eight and eight as it gets, a point differential of plus 2. They've basically beat every team that they were better than and lost to every team that they were worse than. They are the textbook 8-8 eight and eight team, and Green Bay is a Super Bowl contender. So it's hard to say they were embarrassed. They're just nowhere near as good a team as Green Bay, and I think that holds true for this matchup with the Saints. I think the Saints walt in this one. The, the fact that these teams played an overtime game in the regular season, notwithstanding, I just think that the Saints are able to take care of business, and I believe you are on the same page. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we talked about the slate. This first time there's six games. It's imposing as a viewer to, to plan to watch six games in two days. I think this is the window where you take a break. You go outside for a walk, maybe uh, play with the kid a little bit, to do something. I think this game probably won't be close. I think the Bears are kind of a uh, – it's amazing they got this far with, the, with this roster they have. I think the quarterback issues. And, and to me, like, the most glaring thing with the game last weekend was the defense wasn't able to even come close to covering – any of the Packers. Packers got guys running free all day, so I think the Saints 
it posed similar problems against the Bears. So I think, you know, better offense, better defense probably. So I think it's um it's a big number. I'm definitely leaning towards the Saints. I'm not sure I would back them you know, in terms of a bet, but uh, I probably would. I think I would uh, think about some more. But, um, yeah, I can't see the Bears staying close in this one. I mean, the, the first punt that the Bears forced in that game against the Packers was the Packers' first possession in the second half. And the play before the punt, Marquez Valdez-Scantling let go through his hands what would have been his like second 70-yard touchdown of the game. And that was the first stop the Bears' defense got. So that is also, I think, a point that is important to make here. All signs point to Alvin Kamara being able to play in this game. He missed the Saints' Week 17 game on the COVID list, and he actually tested positive for it himself. But... Uh, does sound like he is going to be able to be back for the Saints on Sunday. I agree, nine and a half feels a little rich. I actually, this this line opened at eight or eight and a half, depending on where you make your plays, and I jumped on it right away when I saw it at eight and a half. If I didn't already have that, I might be thinking twice about playing it at nine and a half, and I'm not going to play it at nine and a half, but I will say part of the reason I'm not doing that is because I already have it at eight and a half, and I don't feel the need to jump on it one point higher also, to put any more on it one point higher, so... Definitely, the moral of the story here is trust the Saints to win this one with relative ease. The final game of wildcard weekend, Sunday night, a great divisional rivalry matchup here. These two teams played in some form, not exactly what we're going to see on Sunday. Uh, In week 17, the Browns beat the Steelers to get themselves into the playoffs and get a matchup with those same, at least in Jersey and in name, Pittsburgh Steelers. Going to be a little different in terms of who's actually participating in this game for Pittsburgh. This one actually opened at four, and then with all the COVID issues going on with the Browns, Kevin Stefanski will not be at this game. Joel Petonio, starting offensive lineman, he will not be available. Kaderil Hodge, wide receiver, he will not be available. We're getting some more news about this coming out on Thursday as well. The line quickly jumped up to six. So you're seeing it at six, six and a half. We're going to take it at six with an over-under of 47 and a half. What are your feelings on this one, Vic? I thought it, bode, it bodes well for the Steelers. They were able to keep it close last week against the Browns without a lot of their players not playing. So I thought it was a good sign for them as far as morale. And and I think they mentioned the COVID stuff is huge. I just um, Browns have a lot of holes now all of a sudden, especially the head coach not being on the sideline. And it's also Baker Mayfield's first playoff start. I wouldn't uh, – mm-hmm. Be super confident about how he does in, in that atmosphere. So I like the Steelers. I'm not crazy about the point jump, like you mentioned, from four to six. But uh, I think they're probably going to get their run game going. And that pass rush is still probably the best pass rush in the league. So I think they cover, and I probably would also uh, back them as well. Yeah, I I like the Browns with the points, This, but this was the easiest stay away of the week for me. Um I would have really liked – if you were giving me the full-strength Browns at four and a half, I think I would have been all over that because I do think that uh, Pittsburgh is a paper tiger this season. And it really just – maybe that's actually a little bit unfair because it's got a lot to do with the injuries they suffered on defense. I mean, as as experienced as the head coach-quarterback combo of Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger are, I don't think that they are – this as, as this team is built, that they're equipped to carry them through a really tough AFC. I mean, you look past Cleveland, two teams they would have to beat to get to the Super Bowl. I think that this could be a one-win-and-done season for the Steelers. But if that defense were full strength, we could be talking a little bit differently. But with the injuries that they've had, and they've had plenty of time to rebuild the defense on the fly. It's not like these were injuries that were suffered in Week 17. But still, it's just not the defense that it was when it was that unit was carrying the Steelers in the first half of the season. And that's where I ultimately would have 
faded them in this game against a full-strength Browns team, but there's just too many question marks for me to really want to get behind the Browns. We can't possibly measure the impact that no Stefanski uh, on the sideline is going to be. Maybe it'll be no impact, or maybe it'll be a huge impact. There's just really no way of knowing. I, I think you make a good point about it being Baker's first playoff game, so sort of an unknown quantity there, even though we know him relatively well at this stage of his NFL career. Hard to know exactly how he's going to react positively, negatively, neutral in his first playoff game. Just too many question marks for me to really want to hop on either side of this one. So easily the easiest stay away for me. However, if I were forced to play it, I would just take the points, take the Browns, and trust that they can at least keep this close. And I do hope that it's a fun game because it's fun to see the Browns back in the playoffs for the first time in almost 20 years. Where were you, Vic? Where, let's, where were you uh, the last, so it was the 2002 season, the 2003 playoffs. Where were you the last time the Browns were in the playoffs? Wow, that's a good question. 2002, uh, <laughs> I was probably covering the uh, the Warriors back then. That's when the Warriors were in the Eric Musselman era. So, um, oh man, I watched a lot of bad basketball. I watched, uh, <laughs> I watched, I watched Earl Boykin score uh, 40 off the bench one night in Denver. That was a high, <laughs> that was their season highlight. That was the as good as a guy for the Warriors. So, uh, yeah, it was, it's been a long time for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had to be a pretty uh, young man then too. Not <laughs> that young, unfortunately. <laughs> I've been around a while. Got the, uh, got the gray hairs and so forth. But uh, yeah, I think it's great for the Browns fans. I know Raider fans yeah. that, who I know pretty well are pretty bitter about how fast the Browns have been able to turn around and they're back. You know, one of the better teams in the league. So I think the Raiders kind of wish that they were there. But uh, you know, let's we'll see what happens. See what happens next season. I was a senior in high school. Uh, when the Browns were last in the playoffs, uh, 2002. I graduated from high school in 2003, so that's how long uh, it has been for me, and that feels like a, a pretty long time ago. So uh, excited to see the Browns back in the playoffs, even if it is just this one and done for them. Not going to be one and done for us here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast for the playoffs. As I said, we'll be back with you next week for the division round. The week after that for the championship, we'll take a week off, and then we'll be back with you for Super Bowl Sunday. We'll talk about all sorts of fun props that week, too. So ride with us through the playoffs hopefully it's fun and hopefully on top of that it's profitable as well for Vic Tafer I'm Michael Beller good luck this weekend have a great weekend we'll talk to you next week see you this was the athletic football show